All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast, brought to you by Red Triangle Sports. I'm your host, Matt Kozlowski. Eddie, that music was, like, extra bumping tonight, I feel like. Yeah, something sounded weird on my end. This is the first time I played it off my iPad instead of my laptop. This must be some kind of special Apple speaker or something. I'm in on it. Yeah, I liked it too. It was bumping. Shane, what's good, man? How you doing? I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure you are. Um, so we don't have trivia tonight. Kind of snuck no up. Yes, we do. Oh, we do. Nice. From the car. <laughs> as ill, as ill prepared as I am for this show, I, I did manage to scrape together a, a somewhat weak trivia question, but we'll, we'll do it anyway. This this um, podcast is going to be weak. It got scraped together last minute too, so. That's fair. It's <laughs> um, pretty much coming down to uh, the AFC playoff picture. It's looking like Brady and Big Ben um, are the two quarterbacks that are going to play in the AFC championship this year. It's hard to believe that any other scenario really happens at this point. Uh, with that being said, since Tom Brady has played in his first AFC championship, Other than Tom Brady and Big Ben, there have been only nine quarterbacks who have played in an AFC championship game. Can you name the nine quarterbacks that have participated as a starting quarterback in the AFC championship since Tom Brady played in his first? It's a fun question. I like that. I'm going to be terrible at it because I'm the worst historian ever. But I'll start with Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, of course, yes. Oh, that's a good one. He was good. I liked him. Um, I'll go Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, of course, yes. I should have started taking the old ones to help you out, Ed. That's my bad. Yeah, because now I feel like I'm already on the ropes. I definitely feel like I'm on the ropes already. Uh, uh, if you have another one, go ahead. Because I'm struggling. Rich Gannon. Rich, yeah. Rich Gannon. Rich Gannon, of course, 2002 with the Raiders. I'm, I I want to save one for later. Um, I guess I'll just keep going. I'm going to take Ed's word for that. Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck is on the list, yes. Uh, Mark Sanchez. Yeah, so that was my next one. I had that. It's on there. Um, Philip Rivers. Phil Rivers did get to one there. Uh, Chargers against the Patriots. I know there was another Steelers quarterback other than Big Ben. I want to say Tommy Maddox. It's not Tommy Maddox. Then it might be. It's not Slash, is it? Cordell Stewart was the uh, AFC quarterback in that 2001 game against Tom Brady. Thank you. I knew, time ago. I knew it was one of them. I wasn't sure which one. Um. Two names left. Mark Brunel? I thought of that one, but Mark Brunel was the year before Tom Brady played his first one. Oh. Oh, Good answer. Good answer. Same (laughs) with you. Good answer. (laughs) Yeah, one of the names here is is, should bring a little chuckle to the league because it brings back some memories to draft day for this year. This year? Yeah. Huh. Oh, br- no. Not, did, no. Did, did Peyton start the AFC Championship game the year with the Broncos? Yeah. Like where your head's at, Ed. Yes, see. 
took over for Osweiler before. He did? Okay. Man, um, I'm dead here. Yeah, I'm out. Two names left. One of them a former league MVP. Steve McNair. Air McNair. Your was, favorite, uh, one of your favorite players ever. One of my favorite players of all time. David Grug's not the other one, is it? <laughs> uh, yeah, Air McNair played obviously was the quarterback for the Titans. Um, and then the one name oh, left. Oh, Trent Dilfer. No, not Dilfer. Brought, brought up uh, some chuckles at this year's draft. Oh, Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake Plumber played the <laughs> <NFL> game <laughs> for the uh, Denver Broncos. I believe it was the 06, 05 or 06 title game against the Steelers, whatever year that was. I thought he, I forgot 05. that Phil Rivers is the next Jake the Snake. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was good stuff. All right. Appreciate that, Shane. Um, how much time do you have before you got to get going? Um, I got a good 15, 20 minutes. All right, we can do a quick standings review then. Um, Desert Dogs 9-2 and two atop the Favre. Officially clinched the Favre title. Um, first one in three years. Shane had one of them. And did my dad win the other one, or you have two? Uh, no, uh, your dad was in the other division, um. I won the first one, and then last year was uh, Spears. Spears. Okay. Um. So three different Favre winners. Happy to have my first one. Feels good. Eddie six and five in second place. Phil six and five in third, and my dad five and six. Uh, you and Bowl lagging behind, still mathematically alive, but um, which is due at some point this week, buddy. Um. Over in the Elway, Butler picks up the one-game lead due to the big upset by the franchise over Ice Cream. Uh, Ice Cream sitting at 7-4, and four, tied with the Mad Dogs. Clan at 4-7, and seven, Park and Franchise at 3-8. and eight. Anything you guys uh, see there in the standings? Other than no, I mean, Shane really riding a lawnmower. Like I mean, it looks like we pretty much have seven teams for, for six spots here, um, essentially. It's good math. Um, it really comes down to uh, the Curtain, the Wolves, and Pop um, Cause. I mean, those are the last kind of three teams battling for that last spot. Pop um, Cause pretty much needs to win his last two um, to have a chance. Anything, Ed? No, I mean, proof is in the pudding. The thing that stands out to me is I think the Mad Dogs might be the favorite to get the three seed right now. So, they've uh, they had a couple nice weeks here the last couple weeks. So, I'm just looking at their rest of, uh, rest of the way schedule. I feel like it's hard, though. Um... Close with the hammer and ice cream the last two weeks. So if they are able to win these two, they are in uh, some decent shape to maybe take the division. So yeah, I mean I'm going to spend a bunch of time tonight going over. I'll have the, the playoff piece ready hopefully by tomorrow. Um, hopefully get it out before the Thanksgiving games start. But uh, from what I, I haven't looked closely enough, but it looks like the Mad Dogs might control their own destiny. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not positive on the tiebreakers yet. I haven't gone through everything, but Butler beat they, Butler beat him the first time, so it might come down to points, which Butler okay, would so win. Okay, they don't but, they don't control it, but they need, I mean they they have to win the points. Looks like to uh, or get another Butler loss, but yeah, another 170 point week from them though, and they'll be back in that points race in that division. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of the points race, I'm hoping to hold on here the last two weeks. 91.7 point lead over Eddie. Um, Eddie picked up some points on me this week, so. Hoping we can hold on to that. Um, let's talk trades. I don't want to. I don't want to, but look, we have to. Can't not do it. Um, Eddie trades Matt Forte, Doug Martin, and 15 bucks for Greg Olson. To uh, Papa Kaz. 
thoughts on the deal. I liked it for you, Ed. Um, it's a good trade to build some depth. A depth, I think P. Ryan stepping forward shores up my RB two spot a little bit. Uh, I don't feel like Doug Martin and Matt Forte were the answer there, and I think moving that with the emergence of P. Ryan allowed me to try to shore flex a new spot with a potential great to come off of Iowa. Shannon, you're biting on the rumple strips? What? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, man. Sounds like you're about to blow up, but... I hope not. Shane, what do you think about that trade? Uh, my initial reaction was uh, I thought I thought it was a pretty high-risk, I want to say, trade for... I don't know if it was high-risk, but... Uh, could be a high reward trade for Ed. Um, Olsen uh, has proven that he can be a pretty solid, solid play. He turns into a really high end flex play for Ed. Um, comes back healthy. Um, obviously, going to be Cam's number one target when he comes back. Um, and he's proven before that he can be a guy that consistently puts up twelve to fifteen points every week. Um, got got to like the getting that late acquisition. I, I, I'm, I'm with that. I'm not sold that, that Doug Martin is the answer for anyone. Um, Tampa Bay is a dumpster fire. They're bad. Um, and my part of the Jets. <laughs> so I think it could be, it could be really good at. Yeah, sneaky, uh, sneaky part of this trade for me with Eddie is that he gets rid of two headaches. Forte and Martin weren't very fun to deal with, and you know you kept playing these guys in certain weeks because they and Bilal Powell, who you dropped last week, it just made their matchups were too good to almost not play them, but they stink. So um, just had to make that move. I liked it. Olsen, you know now you get a chance to run the two tight end set like your only friend in the league, Papa Kaz. So. Uh, like that. That, was the, that was the biggest part of me is one thing I try to do is give myself clarity in my lineup decisions and I good lord knows I haven't had them all season I've gotten it wrong every single week I've thrown wins because I've gotten lineup decisions wrong that was a big part of this move was to try to get some clarity yeah I think you did a good job of getting that um, another trade that happened Andrew Luck goes to Abusement Park Jamison Crowder. I have to apologize. One thing I didn't do last week on the podcast was ask a question for the abusement part. <laughs> Shane, we might have to get rid of you here, buddy. No one's going to want to listen. Um, my question for the abusement park last week was which keeper out of Zeke, David Johnson, and Beckham goes? I never asked it. I asked the question for Butler's team and then asked who won, just completely switched, skipped over the park. Felt pretty bad about that because Brandon's a good guy. Um, if it was Shane's team, I wouldn't have felt bad at all. But I guess I can ask you guys that question. But now he has another name added into this. Not that I think he would ever consider keeping Andrew Luck. Maybe he can get a couple bucks for him from another team. Yeah, I think so too. Beckham and David Johnson are the keepers. Or uh, yeah, Zeke and David Johnson are the keepers. Beckham goes. Yeah, I think Beckham's price tag is what drives him out of town. Crowder for luck. Not that, he, not that he's not worth. Not that he's not worth it, but uh, it's just the other guys are better options. And he's coming off a more okay. devastating injury than David Johnson, so. Um, Crowder for luck. Does anyone care? No. Um, just a good depth ad for Phil. Um, Crowder's a viable play. Another good depth ad for Phil was, um, Antonio Brown for, or Antonio Brown, Cam Newton, Rashard Matthews, and the Minnesota defense for 
a pile of dog shit and $24. Um, but the league said, not so fast, my friend. And it ended up just being brown for a smaller pile of dog shit and $24. So... A human joystick sized pile of dog shit and $24. So that's all I have to say about that. Um, I'm going to let you guys take the floor because I think Shane's got a little bit until he's got to get into work. So,
with that being said, we've, we've had trades in the past that, that have gone through that are similar to this that no one really seemed to raise a big fuss about. Um, so that, that was kind of that was kind of interesting to me that this is the one that everyone was like, yeah, you know what, you can't do that anymore. Um, you have the Demarius Thomas Christian McCaffrey deal. I mean, those players are worth way more than <laughs> than what they went for, and I, I, I'm you're the only one that really voiced your opinion about that. Um, yeah, you have deals where. Clearly, players are worth more than what they're going for, but our limitations of of what you can get kind of just der- derail people from getting more, getting the actual value of their players. Um, that being said, the other three guys that, that were in that deal, Cam Newton, um, Rashard Matthews, and the Minnesota D, I honestly don't think they're all that good. <laughs> So I mean, I, I mean, they, they. I think Phil was honest in his assessment. They would have been on his bench. I don't think they were any better than the players he has. Um, but like you did say, I mean, it does add depth to his team. Um, I think they would have been bench stashes, as I think the argument was going yesterday. Um, I don't think Minnesota's D is as good as the Eagles' D. I don't think Rashard Matthews plays over either of his, any of his wide receivers or flex plays, and. I mean, I guess you could argue with Cam over Alex Smith. I mean, that's kind of a that's that's a toss up at this point. I mean, Alex Smith has been pretty good, um, so that that one could be could be argument argue, argued as far as who he could play there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just found it interesting that this was the one that kind of broke the the straw that broke the camel's back. Well, I guess the, we, had, the other thing that. I just dawned on me is that you two play each other this week. So, yeah, Phil's in this playoff race. He did. He took away three players that may not have started for him, but they would have started for you for this week. So, I, I mean, I get what Eddie's saying too, but that's another piece of it that I never even thought of until right now. <clears throat> I don't know if that yeah, matters. I mean- I don't really know that that really... Maybe it played into it on his side. I mean, I, I it didn't really... I didn't even consider it on my side. I mean, I, I'm already resigned to the fact that I'm not going to make the playoffs. I mean, for me, it really comes down to just getting getting the, the money. Um, but the thing is, I, the thing I... I don't, don't want to say I took offense to, but, I mean, I, I thought it was kind of... Uh, kind of telling. I mean, the league kind of felt like I was just out to, to give someone, and I had already made up my mind that I wanted to give give players to fill. Um, I wanted to get Todd Gurley. I mean, that's what I wanted. <laughs> um, I made an offer for him to you, which I thought was a good offer. You you didn't think it helped your team enough, so you turned it down. I mean, I offered my pretty much my three best players for Gurley. Um, I wanted Carson Wentz. I offered Spears whatever he wanted for him. He said he wasn't moving him. Um, I offered Phil for Le'Veon Bell, and he said he wasn't moving him. So, I mean, those are the three guys that I really wanted. I wanted to get one of them. No one was willing to move any of those guys. I mean, it's not like <laughs> I, I didn't try to get the, the three guys that I targeted. Um, just, well, I, never, you know, I never really felt like, even though I said this to you last week, that it feels like everyone has a guy – or two that they would dump to. I never really felt like you dumped to Phil, because if you were dumping to Phil, Gronk would have been part of that. And from the discussion that we had, and I think what what kept my argument much more subtle, and the fact that, you know, certain people in the league that were arguing were prodding me to jump in, because they know that I am the volatile trigger of the league, and I will say whatever, whenever... And the reason I didn't is because we had the discussion the week before, and the words from you were, if you think Demarius Thomas and Christian McCaffrey is bad, like what's going to happen if I give AB and Gronk? And that didn't happen. So that's like, to me, that was like, it's not a complete, it's not like a rot, it's not like a collusion type roster load because you would have given him Gronk, but you didn't. So that's why I was, that's why I was much more reserved in it, I think. Because you could have easily dumped him Gronk. I mean, Gronk in your flex is, holy shit. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Gronk was in the offer for Bell. I mean, I offered him Gronk for when I when I tried to get Bell from him. Um, I figured I needed to to try to get a player like that back. Um, I mean, the reason I didn't offer Gronk to Cause is because he already has Kelsey. So I mean, I didn't really need Gronk. Um, I would rather but, Gronk I mean, than Evans, but that's fine. Well, <laughs> I didn't know that, but I wish I would have. But I don't think you still. I still don't think you would have did it. No, you would have. I told you what you would. You would have had to pony up a little bit of money my way. It would have had to been fair for both sides Dude, for I'm next year. I'm not giving year. you draft cash in a deal where you get Antonio <laughs> Brown, Hunt, and Evans, my other keeper. <laughs> That's fine. I'm just telling you. You said you wanted Todd Gurley really bad. I wanted to. I wanted to see how bad you wanted him. I don't <laughs> think you wanted him bad enough. <clears throat> so, I'm not just gonna give Todd away. All right, he's my favorite player. He's got a title here already. All right? He means a lot to this organization. All the other guys are gone. I mean, yeah, AB wanted to come back and get another one here. He got one in 2015, but you know, it sucks. He wanted he wanted more money elsewhere, so we couldn't keep him. One more thing. I mean, I don't want to go too long on this. I gotta I gotta head out soon as well. Um, I mean, realistically, the only person that made me an offer was Phil. Phil was the only person that made me an offer yesterday. So, I mean, everyone's kind of kind of up in arms and, and complaining, but he's the only one that actually made me an offer. Um, I made offers to Cause, I made offers to Spears, and I made offers to Phil yesterday. I made my um, the week before. Yeah, I you made an offer the week before. I mean, I was still trying to win at that point. Um, but you never came back. But, I mean, Phil broke. Oh. I mean, Phil is the only one that that made me an offer. So I mean, I know I know Papa is upset, Butler was upset, but they didn't make me an offer. I also, but I don't want to praise Phil and say that it was his strategy to wait for Antonio Brown because he made my dad three offers last week that would have significantly reduced his money. That that he wouldn't have been able to get Brown in terms of draft cash because I don't think anyone was letting like Brown go for less than twenty in draft cash, you know. So he was definitely he was definitely trying to acquire. He asked about T. Y. Hilton and Crabtree the week before from my dad, and my dad asked for more money than Phil was willing to give up. So. I also don't want to sit here and say, like, oh, it was Phil's mastermind plan to sit here and wait for Shane to sell, knowing that he would have the most money, because he was trying the last two weeks prior to make a move. Um, he just wasn't able to get it done. Yeah, and I think he was... I mean, if I'm going to be honest, Phil has made me an offer for Antonio Brown for, like, five straight weeks. I mean, he's made me an offer every week for five straight weeks, so... It's not like he just came out of nowhere. Like he, he's been trying to get him from me for for over a month now. Um, well, I have two years. Yeah, I think it was preposterous, and I don't get counter offers ever out of you. I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't hear that one. I said so. If I, you just thought everything I've thrown at you is preposterous, and I never get counter offers. It's just always cold <laughs> so. Let's not let's not act like let's not say Phil's the only person throwing shit at you because that's not true. No, I mean that's not. Other people have made offers, but I mean, saying he's the only one that's consistently been been making me an offer for Antonio Brown. That's, Butler made that, a couple made an offer with uh, Melvin Gordon like three weeks ago, I think it was. And other than that, I, I really haven't gotten an offer from anyone. That's part of the problem. That's what. That's part of what we need to fix, though. We need to stop having these trade pockets. Like, there's no reason. Like, Phil talks to you more than anyone in the league so Phil's going to make offers with you like we need to have more buyers and less sellers so that you can field multiple offers and make a good offer make a good trade for your team the best trade for your team and allow people to actually give something up that would force them to that would actually hurt them for next year so we talked last week. If we have six buyers and six sellers every year, 
The six sellers come into the draft at 175. Six buyers come in at 225. Butler has to be better than one of those players. That's how Butler's made the playoffs every year. Yep. So, I'll take the heat for this one since, you know, I helped. I'm the one that formed this constitution in the most part. I know Shane helped a lot with it, but... You know, we're going to fix some things. This is going to be a big off-season playoff party to come to. The first hour should be interesting. Um, and then we'll start gambling, so. Yeah. Um, all right, Shane, thank you for joining us tonight on short notice. You're a dedicated uh, member of the team. All right, guys, I'm out of here. Yep. I look forward to your piece tonight. Yeah, I'll put, together, put some stuff together. Hopefully, I'll have it out before the game tomorrow. All right. Sounds good, man. Thanks. All right. All right. I, th- I don't know if he pulled over on the side of the road to get that noise to stop or if he got to work and just sat in the car. But I appreciate what he did there. That was much better the last 10 minutes. Do you want to do uh, Week 12 matchups? Let's get it done. Yeah, let's bang these out real quick. We got some Madden to play. Um, Alright, let's see. What games mean nothing? This is a good one for mean nothing. Clan versus franchise. <laughs> uh, totally weighing it here tonight. Let's talk about the clan first. Whew. Is Vernon Davis one of your favorite tight ends this week going up against the Giants? Uh, has to be. I haven't made daily stuff yet. But I think the Giants are putrid against tight ends. Yeah. I think it was fluky. What was fluky? Last week. Well, Kelsey still went eight for one hundred. Yeah, but I mean that just mean like the overall defensive performance. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I like Davis a lot this week. One thing of note though is the Washington offensive line's banged up. Um, I don't know if. They'll, what they'll have to do to help that protection. Um, Get the ball out quick to Vernon Davis. Yeah, that that's definitely in play. I mean, I think that hurts Doxon. I think it helps Crowder and Davis. Yep. Um, I I can't say I'm like really looking forward to watching this game tomorrow night. Thank God I'll have already taken in copious amounts of turkey at that point, so probably will yeah. fall asleep. And it's amazing, man. When this schedule was made, you would have circled this one as like this. Oh, I would have been jacked off. up, man. I love like I love when these two teams are competitive. Um, so much talent. We loved the Giants in the preseason. Loved them. Who I mean, we had Eli having a career year. I think. Um, yeah. Stinks. Yeah, stinks. <laughs> uh, get there. Uh, let's talk about the franchise. Got the dub last week. He does have Doxon, so we don't like that. Just mentioned. Um, so, what do you think about Corey Coleman on the franchise? Wow, I thought you were going to the other Corey there. Corey Davis. Oh, well, yeah, let's talk about him. Because I think Dalvin Cook's the, the first keeper on this team. And I think these two guys are uh, 2A and 2B, in my opinion. You think who's the first keeper? Uh, Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I think Marlon Mack's still in the mix. We've talked about him. Well, Guy, yeah, you gotta assume Gore's gonna. You. you gotta assume Gore's gonna be out. Um, yeah. And I'd like to see Luck healthy, but yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, he has. He's a lot of. A lot of guys here: with Davis, Doxon, Coleman. A lot of guys with high ceilings. I mean, there's a lot of playmakers right there. It's going to be tough, I think, for him to decide who's in the best situation. Obviously, Kirk Cousins' future is going to dictate what happens with Doxon. Uh, owning a Cleveland Browns receiver is always a risk because they're just putrid. It's every a good. Year it's a good thing out. though because they're going to be chucking. So if I was gonna if I was gonna lean on anyone, I would say it's Court Davis. Um, I think the dude's made some miraculous catches. I think. He's pretty good. Um, I think the expectations were entirely too high, but that's what we see with rookie classes. You know, it's the fresh new meat, and everyone wants to get him and be the guy that can pound their test and say, 
I'm the one that got this rookie, so that's why he was too high in snake draft formats. But I mean, Duke can play a little bit. I think you know, is is Decker really going to be there next year? Like, like his snap count has to go up. Like, um, that he's going to be the guy. I I'm, I'm want to like the guy that Marcus Mariota hasn't really had. Um, that that big bodied can go win you a ball kind of guy that every good offense and every good quarterback has. Right now, I'd say it's Coleman for me. Um, I like Corey Coleman a lot. Obviously, I drafted him, started him, I think, one or two weeks. Uh, he comes back last week after missing six, eight weeks due to injury and gets six for 80 against Jacksonville. Um, that's an impressive stat line to go that high against uh, Jacksonville. So... I like Corey Coleman um, right now. He's, but, a, he's a hell of a lot of Devontae Parker. I mean, like, I'm sick of waiting to see it. Oh, yeah, and that's what I was just going to say. There's a lot to be seen. Like, you know, he had flash games last year, got hurt, missed the rest of the year, flashed in his first game of this year against the Steelers, gets 5 for 53 and a touchdown, and goes out in early in week two and then sits till week 11 and flashes against Jacksonville. So there's a lot of flash there from him. Um, probably going to see a new quarterback again in Cleveland next year. Don't love that. Probably, I shouldn't say probably. There's a chance Josh Gordon could come back next year, um, maybe even this year. And then if Coleman becomes the number two in the Browns offense, I don't know if I love that that much. Um, I think I love Coleman right now because he's the number one, two, and three in this wide receiving game, and he gets – 35% of the targets because of that. Um, so that's why I like Corey Coleman right now. But I agree, next year it's probably looking stronger for Corey Davis. But I think he's in a good, I think he's in great shape right now to keep a top 10 to 15 running back if he comes back. Everything's fine. Uh, Cook with his health. And then definitely a top 25 wide receiver. One of those two guys, I think, could definitely be a top 25 guy next year. So this is the best situation the franchise has been in. Well, I guess he kept Hopkins and Ingram coming into year two, but much better situation than he was in last year. So I like it. Who uh, who wins this one? Oh, God. Uh <clears throat> I'll take the Clangs. I think their players are still better. Um, I'm going to take the franchise to win two in a row because Fegley just, for whatever reason, teams just go the F off against him in the worst way. Um, What other games mean nada? Uh, Let's go Ice Cream at Park. Uh, Big game for Ice Cream, but... Abusement Park's roster is just absolutely decimated, so I don't not. And uh, Ice Cream gets McCaffrey back this week, which is huge for them. Definitely missed him last week in losing a close game to the franchise. Um, let's talk about Ice Cream. Deion Lewis had another good game. Um, is Carson or Carson Wentz right now number two? Is he the top quarterback keeper in this league at five dollars? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I think what is uh, probably not gonna go pull it offhand. I, what's injuries tag this year? Uh, he's mid twenties, I think. Man, like he, <clears throat> he's been good. I don't know, like his touchdowns, like the one knock on him has always been he's a volume guy, but he doesn't find the end zone. He's got one, two, three, four, five, six touchdowns in the last seven weeks. Yeah. And he's a guy that I had for one, two years, something like that, or a good portion of two years. You kept him last year and then traded him. Yeah. And, that man, I love to hate Jarvis Landry, but good, good, good God is he, uh, he's been good this year. Yeah. It also helps that they're getting their romps beaten the last couple of weeks, so they're just throwing all the time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I like Landry. It's good. Uh, and yeah, I think Wentz is probably the top quarterback keeper. Obviously, at five dollars, probably a very easy question to answer. But I was scrambling there. Um, I mean, I've thought about potentially keeping Russell Wilson at sixteen next year. Quarterback's been huge this year. Um, you look at the playoff teams again. 
very steady at the quarterback position. Spears has Wentz. Uh, Mick has Cousins. I've had Wilson. You had Breeze, who hasn't been great, but he's been steady. Um, Butler has Brady. Phil's had Alex Smith in a career. My dad's had Stafford or Dak, who both have been good. I mean, those are the top seven teams. The quarterback position has been huge this year. Minus three for interceptions changes a lot. It's big time. So, uh, being able to keep Wentz at $5 for Spears, that's huge. Great, great job um, getting him. And, you know, my dad had him at $5, but it was still hard, I think. I mean, Stafford's still a playable guy, so I'm not going to knock my dad for making that move. (coughs) He had two quarterbacks, and he moved one for some depth, so... I, I'll always take that move over and over again because quarterback is probably the easiest position to replace. Just when you have a top one, it makes a lot of difference. Um, Abusement Park. Dear God. <laughs> this is why we didn't ask a question for them last week. Um, I like Danny Woodhead this week against Houston. Um, did he did he play last week? Played on 13 of 59 snaps. One carry for two yards. Five catches for 21 yards. So, five catches is nice. Yeah, I mean, I think they eased him in. I think his workload's going to increase. Uh, I mean, for this team, obviously, he's playing them. But I don't think... I think he's ready for like a daily start, thing like that. No, I agree. Um, but I don't. I don't mind the matchup this week. If you were really looking to punt RB two, um, I'd be okay with that. I I I don't mind throwing pass catching running backs in at RB two for cheap prices in Fanduel with the half point PPR. So, um, who wins? I got ice cream. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go. Dogs versus Patriots. Not. A, I mean, it's a big game for my dad, but I think. You know, is what it is at this point for him. Not sure he has enough to get in. He's now a game behind the playoff race, so he's got to win out here and get a little bit of help. Um, obviously, a tough matchup here against me this week. Let's start off with my team. Um, who can I talk about that if we were to jinx them wouldn't hurt my playoff chances? Um, Devonte Booker at Oakland. What do you think about Booker? This week, I uh, played a majority of the snaps last week for the Broncos. That's really where you're going with this. He's in the starting line. He's in the starting lineup right now. Yeah, that's superstitious. He's in the starting lineup right now. He had 14 yeah. carries last week, dude. And there's one guy that we should talk about on this roster. Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Go for it. Nailed it. Killed it. <laughs> Dude's really good. Uh, I have him I, everywhere. I remember trying. I wrote out the piece. Um, read a little crow here. I wrote a little bit of a piece for our like draft guidebook that we tried to do in the preseason about not trusting this running back, uh, rookie running back class. And um, I guess I'll eat crow, but like, I mean, if Dalvin Cook stays healthy, I'm eating a bigger crow. But I don't feel like I was completely wrong. Like, I mean, Fournette's been good, but now drifting off and um but Mara's been the cream of the crop and that's one of the guys I didn't think would be but I mean the situation got better so yeah I mean, the big one the big the big running backs this year have been Fournette's been good but yeah we've seen issues lately McCaffrey's been okay but I think he left something to be desired Cook was great until he got hurt, Kamara's been outstanding, and Kareem Hunt's been obviously very good. Not as of late, but still, you'll take the season-long production that you've got from him. If you own... If he doesn't get off of that electric start, he's just another guy. No, I know. I, I laugh now at the people who, after week two, were saying Hunt would have to go first overall if you were redrafting in week three. Like, no, he doesn't have to, but if he did, great. Um, no, I've, I've been pleased with Kamara. I... Obviously, I have to be um, done for a dollar. He's probably a lead lead dog to be kept next to Gurley for next year. Um, and I got him just about everywhere. So he was my late add in almost all my leagues at the end of the draft. So 
when you can hit one like that, that's a league winner. So, that's no huge. Um, I remember my dad saying to me after week three, too, he's like, you can trade me Carson and Stewart because you got a guy there that you're going to be playing every week after that London game where they played Miami. Um, I wasn't sure what to do with him yet, and he's like, you got a guy there. You can trade me your other guys. You don't need to worry about that. So, um, talk about the Patriots. He already got Doug Martin in the lineup. Nice. Um, do you like McKinnon at all tomorrow? I kind of like him to have a decent game. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Detroit's been very good defensively. Uh, they were kind of sneaky decent at the beginning of the year, but I think that that's kind of going away. Um, so, yeah. I, you always got to worry about Lat Vultry in the touchdown, but um, I think the workload's definitely there. 14 attempts last week. Um, only 48 yards, but I mean that the Rams defense is pretty good. So he's he's probably averaging around 14 or 15 attempts a week. So yeah. Actually, I think the Lions defense has been incredible in terms of fantasy. I think they have like six touchdowns this year, but they've given up a lot of points. I was actually looking at them today, and I was like, I was looking for week 15 and week 16 defenses today, um, and Detroit. We're like at the top of the list, and I'm looking at this. I'm like, tw- it's all twenties in the points allowed column, but then it's all like ones and twos in the touchdown column. So I definitely didn't want to buy into that because that's not sustainable. So, um, but yeah, I like McKinnon to get you know 15, 20 touches tomorrow. He could probably break one off against Detroit. I think he had a decent game last time they played them. No, that was still Cook was still around for that. The next game at Chicago was his breakout. Um, who wins? Me versus my dad. Dogs. Dogs. No reason not to. Alright. Three games left on the slate. Curtain at Weevils. Big one for you. Bowls obviously pretty much out of it. Um, who can we talk about with your team? Well, this is a perfect opportunity to talk about the most popular Adam Thielen trade. Go for it. I mean, I was going to ask about P. Ryan and what you thought you had there, but this is, yeah, let's talk about it. But here's, here's one of those trades where everyone sat around and laughed thinking I fleeced Bowl. But damn, Thielen hasn't been better than McCoy. Like, now now sitting here, I guess this backs up. But this is, this. it doesn't back up Shane's argument because this is a mid-season trade where teams are still in it and you're moving guys to acquire guys in a buy low and sell high situation. It's not a selling off for draft cash and potential keepers that are going to be completely different in six, eight months. So, no, it doesn't back up his, I'll stop myself. Um, but this was one of those trades where everyone was like, how, in, how do you get him for him when everyone's still in the thick of things and... Like every week the feeling goes off, I'm like, man, I might have got one wrong. Because McCoy seems to be much more up and down than Thielen does. Yeah, but think about the situation your running back position would be in right now if it wasn't for McCoy. And he hasn't been great. He's gotten you a couple good weeks. But the last thing you'd want right now is to be trying to figure out of Bilal Pal, P. Ryan, Doug Martin... You know, all these guys that you had, which two you had to play every week. I've been doing that in my flex. What's the difference? With those deep rosters like this, you're trying to solve that problem in one position. Whether it's your flex or whether it's your RB2. Like, with us, with our rosters being as deep to say, like, RB2, like, RB2 is such a loose for us because you've got the flexes and things like that. Yeah, I just... mm. Some teams have legitimate RB2 options in their flex, and other teams... Like, I mean, if you look at my team, I have a legitimate wide receiver one on any given week. One as wide receiver one, wide receiver two, and wide receiver three. I understand that. I, I think the RB2 and the flex two go hand in hand because you have to play two running backs. It's not like you can say, oh, I got a good running back, I'm good. Like, there are two running backs that have to be in your lineup every week. If you happen to have three, yeah, you have a great flex in this league, but... 
I'm just saying, if if you were picking out of those guys without McCoy, you'd be annoyed. Yeah, your flex would be great, but you'd have two. I, I guess I understand what you're saying, but yeah, I see. It's a double-edged sword. Yeah. I, I get. But Piran, yeah, Piran uh, allowed me to make the move I made this week. I think um, told you earlier in the week on waiver week of last or waiver pickups of last week that he was my target. I felt like all he needed to do was be confident in what he was doing. It's so so often when you see a guy that's getting limited touches, where you see them trying to do too much, like they're trying to make that play to get to the next carry. Like, how do I earn myself another carry? And that's what I felt like with him. I felt like there was always a little bit of a trust with him, with Washington, because we know Washington's not committed to Fat Rob. No. I mean, we've seen that. So, like, they've all, it, it always felt like to me they wanted P. Ryan to be their early down back. But he wasn't reliable because I think in his own head, he was like, how how do I go about this carry to get the next one? Yeah. Now I don't think he has to worry about that. So now he's just going to play ball. He's going to be the volume guy. And, I mean, he's a volume guy. Any early down back in the league is. I hate to hear this. Well, P. Ryan's the guy that needs the carries. There's very few running backs in a league that are dynamic enough that are going to be on the field for three downs that don't need the carries. That's what an early down back needs. They need to be game flow dependent and get carries to get production for fantasy value. And now he's in that situation, so I'm completely confident to put him in. And it, it could fall apart because that team's not good. He, like They could fall out of game flow, but the loss of Chris Thompson makes that even sweeter. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, how lucky do you feel after the week you pick up P. Ryan, Chris Thompson gets hurt that same week and is out for the year. It's huge. It's huge, yeah. And, yeah, going back to um, what you were saying about volume backs, it's one reason why I didn't buy into Tennessee running backs anywhere this year. Both those guys are volume backs. And neither of them's going to get it. No, they both get 10 to 15 a week. So the weeks where Murray gets 20 and they decide he's the guy, he blows up. The weeks where Murray gets hurt in the first quarter and Henry's the guy, he blows up. You give, I swear to God, Derrick Henry's been not good this year. You give him, you put him on a team and give him 20 carries a week, he's a monster. Monster. Absolutely agree. <laughs> so. Uh, There's something about the way that guys find yards, like, and that, like that's what being a volume is all about. Is you f- you figure out how to find those yards, and that's what's so overlooked is like the true football aspect of fantasy, and like people don't get that. Like, uh, it's just common sense. Like, the more carries you get, the more of a feel you get for the game, and things like that. That's why it's so hard getting the football aspect of it to buy into a guy that doesn't get touches but like I don't know there's too many too many numbers guys that don't get all that and why it's that way that's what I said to Shane last week too I, I, said, what I just said makes sense but. no I understand you and that's what I said to Shane last week when he was asking me about trading for Gurley or Kamara I said how can I trade Kamara I said a guy getting 8 to 10 touches a week that's able to put up 20 point weeks in and out I mean that is absolutely invaluable so yeah. Um, don't really have to say much about the bull weevil since we talked about Thielen already, but um, scale of 1 to 10, how disappointing has Isaiah Corral been? Man. He's a guy that I had targeted as that RB2 spot. I think I even bid on him probably oh, two or three times in the draft. Yeah. I, like, for some reason, I thought he was the next, he was the this guy to make the next step. Um, I think it's because I started to buy into this like ridiculous hype that the Cleveland O line and D line. I mean, the D line is this completely off topic, and I just didn't even answer the question before I'm going to jump somewhere else. Cleveland Browns are bolstering the number one run defense. Is that because they're really good at defending the run, or is it because in some of these games, I know they played a lot of close games, but it's because in some of these games where teams are just running the ball and they know the run's coming, so it's bolstering their run defense. Well, I think the other reason why their run defense is good is because their past defense is atrocious. You don't have to run them to beat them. So, right. But yeah, I, he's been. It's been bad. I Ooh. thought he was right next step. I thought he was going to be the guy. All the talk about Duke Johnson being in the flex, you felt like it was going to be Crow running and Duke catching in the or not the flex, the slot, 
Um, it's been bad, though. Week 8 and Week 10, only double-digit games of the season. And in both those games, he had a touchdown that basically got him to double digits. So, yeah, he's been absolutely miserable. And he's gotten double-digit carries every week except for one. So, just brutal. Definitely played into Bulls' demise here in 2017. Uh, I'm going to say you're going to win that game. The thing is, they probably have like a hundred red zone turnovers, so that kills them. Yeah, absolutely. And they ran a QB sneak from the three yard line with 15 seconds <laughs> left with no timeouts. So, uh, <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about take your ball and go home at the Sea Wolves, the two trade buddies uh, playing against each other. Let's talk about Stein's team. Um, is Mike Evans his clear number two keeper behind Kareem Hunt, or is there another guy that could break into that spot? Because I feel like I'm out on Evans, but I don't know. I want to be out on Evans, but you look at this roster, I don't know if there's another keeper option. Shane said he's debating Devin Funches, but <laughs> I don't know if... I don't know if yeah. you got to... <laughs> If if Murray's not back in Tennessee, obviously you'd keep Henry. Um, yeah, that's and that's what I thought of first take here, looking at it. I think that that's a possibility, but I mean, you've got to acquire talent. Like, yes, they were terrible this year, but the Rams sucked last year, and now look at them. You know, it, it's teams change so quickly, and. To buy it, to buy into a guy that's, we're not questioning Evans' talent. Like he's he's good at football, and he's good at winning balls when the when he's given the opportunity. Um, they just, I don't even know. I don't even know if we're talking about Evans in the same way as if if the preseason expectations weren't what they were. Like, yeah, I mean he was a first round pick. Different than he was last year. It's just the fact that the expectations were higher this year. So now we're like, holy shit, he sucks. Yeah. But I feel, I feel like he's right, he's right on the same line he was last year. No, and other he, than, I mean, the game that he got, th- the, the New Orleans game, which I, he didn't get thrown out of, but that was a train wreck. Um, and then the game he got suspended, he actually hasn't been bad other than that. Um, he just hasn't. And again, four touchdowns. I think last yeah. year he had ten. We were just ready for him to compete with Julio Jones. and I mean, that's another guy that's been disappointing, yeah. but we were ready for him to compete with those names. Not necessarily that production, but those names on draft day. Well, and, I know yeah. in, in the off season, I will be able to take on $35 of money. Shane will have an extra 25 So, Shane, you can make me a Todd Gurley for $35 offer, and I will say no, but you can make it. Um... <laughs> Sea Wolves, is there is it bad to have Brown and Bell together? It can't be right. Um, no, it's not. I don't think it's, it's not I ideal, mean, but it's not bad. I, yeah, but I, they're so weird. Like I, I've said to you all year, as a Steelers fan, we've watched a couple games together via FaceTime. Like. <laughs> For having as many weapons as they do, like they literally take the field after a punt or after a kickoff, and I feel like they like tap one of them on the shoulder pads and say, "It's your drive, bud. Go get him." And like they'll target Brown five times on the drive. They'll come out of the throw one first down with a slant to Brown, and then a fade to Brown, and a corner out to Brown. If they punt, okay. Or they come out and they'll hand it to Bell, hand it to Bell, hand it to Bell, and if they punt, okay. It's, it's that's I, why, like, offense yeah. hasn't taken the next step. Um, I hate the way they so, use Bell. I hate it. I hate I hate everything about it. I can't stand watching it. It drives me crazy. Yeah, so to say that it's bad to own them both, I don't think. Um, I mean, they got Green Bay this week. <laughs> both of them should go off. Cincinnati the next week, both of them will probably be good. Baltimore after that. Um, I think that defense is kind of regaining its bolster, but they're still not good. And who knows what will happen against New England, so... Um, who wins, Wolves versus Go Homers? Uh, I think it's clearly the Wolves. I agree. 
That's what moved, so. <clears throat> yeah. Mad Dogs against Hammer. This is a big one. Biggest game of the week. Spotlight matchup. Hammer 8-3. and three. Mad Dogs 7-4. and four. Um, They can essentially be tied for the division lead going into the final week if Mick's able to pull this one off. Um, talk about Mick's team. Got a little running back matchup going on there. There's RB1, RB2, Howard and Ajayi against uh, each other. Chicago's playing Philly this week. Is that game script going to hurt those both those players? Because I could see Philly destroying them. Howard will still get his carries, but Ajayi probably won't. What do you think about that? I'm not sure there's ever a situation where Ajayi gets his carries. At that situation, <clears throat> not good. I mean, and he he sucks. <laughs> I, I'm not changing my evaluation of Ajayi. He sucks. Like I've never seen a running back look so low. Like his heels don't get higher than two inches off the ground when he's running full speed. Like he looks like he's running with straight legs. Like, He's at, he's awful. I'm not sure how he's gotten where he's at because I mean, there's running backs that don't have breakaway speed. Arguably, Le'Veon Bell's one of them. Like he's not getting away from anybody. Le'Veon Bell's not a top end speed guy, but Christ, Jay Jay Ajayi looks like a D tackle that picked up a fumble and is trying to get to the crib, like ready for fat man dances. He's yeah, not good. I know. Jeffrey with like, a revenge game though. He's completely dependent upon a big carry. Like, if you get a big carry out of him, he'll get numbers that are good for you. And if he doesn't break a 60, 70, 45 yard, I'm <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he ran 71 yards last week and got hawked. So, and then I guess there was a video clip that was circulating today. I didn't watch it yet, but the Eagles players were making fun of him on the sidelines. As they should. They were calling, it, they were calling him slow as shit. <laughs> His own teammates. He looks like a peg-like pirate running. Like his, like watch his heels. They don't even get near coming off. I still don't think he's a terrible RB two in this league, but um, we'll see. I've I haven't been impressed with the usage that he's gotten in Philly, but they've been just crushing teams. So, um, Hammer, how big is Tom Brady going to go this week at home against Miami? I'm not sure. I don't, I don't want to throw crazy things out there because New England's a team that's going to line up and do what they need to do to beat you. I don't think that they're going to line up and necessarily pound the ball at them, but I think Miami sucks everywhere. I think they're going to be really far ahead. So, I, mean, I, I could see him having three touchdowns in the first half and not needing to throw the ball at all in the second half. Yeah, that might be true. So It'll be good. I don't think... It's so hard to look at them and say this is a great matchup. He's going to go bonkers because that seems to be the times that he necessarily doesn't need to. I think he's a guaranteed twenty-five points this week at least. So, um, he's averaging twenty-six a game though, so maybe that's not that bold. Who right. who wins? Mad Dogs versus Hammer. Uh, this will be the first one I'm actually going to have to look at. So bear with me. Um. I know where I'm going here. I'm going to go Mad Dog. Me too. I hate the matchups other than Brady. Yeah, they're pretty uh, not good. Mixon's going to get snuffed by Cleveland. Miller and Hopkins both can't eat. I like Sanders' matchup. like Graham's matchup. Don't like Fitzgerald's and Fournette's banged up. So. Yeah, I'm with you on all those. That's exactly what I looked at. Uh, I think we're going to have an interesting... Week 13 in the Elway. All right. Um, that's it. We are at over an hour. So, nice job. Thank you for joining me on short notice. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. Enjoy time with your family um, tomorrow. Enjoy some football and food. It is arguably the best day of the 365-day calendar year. Football, food, family, the three F's. Um, thanks to for all the guys 
reaching out this week to my family with everything that was going on with me and my dad. So appreciate that. Um, you know, it's a game that we all love and we like to come at each other. But in the end, we're in this league together because we're all friends and we all have some kind of mutual interest together. So um, I appreciate everyone taking the time to uh, put competition aside or whatever your feelings are about someone and uh, let my dad know you were there for him this week. So I appreciate that. Thank you. And uh, I will talk to you guys next week.